bringing you the truth behind the news. Welcome to The New American. Welcome, everyone. We're glad you can join us. I'm Paul Dragu. Joe Biden just bypassed Congress to approve the sale of 14,000 rounds of tank ammunition for Israel, and the U.S. vetoed a United Nations resolution calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. Also, the New American's Alex Newman will provide an update on the COP28 climate conference in Dubai, where our aspiring overlords are planning to ruin our lives in the name of a fake climate crisis. And Congress has just introduced legislation to get the U.S. out of the U.N. We're going to discuss how you can encourage lawmakers to support this vital piece of legislation. We have all that coming up. But first, the information battle is heating up. On Sunday, Elon Musk restored Alex Jones' X account. The mainstream media was full of headlines bemoaning the conspiracy theorist's return to the mainstream. Jones' reinstatement onto X is a win in the raging information battle. It's also another check in the Elon is a force for good column for those of us trying to figure out what side the EV tycoon and former young global leader really is on. Another development on the information battlefront was Tucker Carlson's announcement on Saturday about the launch of his subscription media website. Now, Alex Jones returned to X, and what appears to be the beginning of Carlson launching his rumored media company are good signs for those who value the free flow of ideas. Both men have helped red pill many people, especially Jones. Interestingly, Jones says in his latest book, The Great Awakening, that he played a major role in red-pilling Carlson, who is now likely the most influential political commentator in the world. Now, back in August of 2018, under the guise of enforcing rules against hate speech, in just one day, Apple, YouTube, and Facebook all kicked Alex Jones off their platforms. Poof, just like that, the globalist-controlled communications platforms disappeared someone who had correctly predicted a number of diabolical plans. A month later, Twitter, now called X, would kick him off as well. We pointed out in the September 17, 2018 print issue of the New American Magazine that Jones' violations were not necessarily about what he said as much as the fact that he said it to a sizable audience. We reported that overnight, Jones and his media empire became the most censored media outlet in the world. In an instant, with the click of a button, YouTube removed InfoWars videos that combined had been viewed billions of times. Alex Jones also lost access to his nearly 2.5 million subscribers. Despite a relatively tiny budget, he was a superstar on the YouTube scene. His 2.5 million subscribers was larger than that of Fox News. It was almost 2 million more than Legacy Network, CBS News, or NBC News had attracted so far. And we reported that Alex Jones would not be the last conspiracy theorist to be censored. And we cited a 2017 document from George Soros Media Matters called Democracy Matters, A Strategic Plan for Action. Media Matters said that in the next four years, it would continue its core mission of disarming right-wing misinformation while leading the fight against the next generation of conservative information. Among its goals was ensuring the defeat of Trump either through impeachment or at the ballot box in 2020. And to accomplish all of this, the group said it would work with social media giants and Google to limit conservative voices while boosting the reach of voices they support. And that's exactly what happened. In addition, as we've recently learned, intelligence agents burrow their way into these same social media platforms and in classic fascist style, they told those private platforms to censors, those who contradicted the official narrative in elections, COVID injections, COVID edicts, and more. 
Now, numerous dissidents were purged starting at the end of 2020 and culminating with Trump's ban off Twitter in January of 2021. And during that melee, they came for this magazine as well. At the end of 2020, the New American and our parent company, the John Birch Society, were permanently restricted on YouTube and Facebook, and Twitter had already been shadow banning us. Our reach on those platforms was decimated to a fraction of what it had been. The assault on this magazine continued into this year. A few months ago, YouTube closed the New American's channel after multiple infractions by this show and others we published. And last Thursday, Tucker Carlson on X published an interview with Alex Jones. Musk used the interview to poll people and ask them if Jones should be reinstated. 70% said yes. Here are the conspiracy theories Jones cited in his interview, which has garnered more than 16 million views as of early Monday. So they're waging war against civilization and society to make us poor, to, to, to put us under siege and to, to cut off our energy, make the cost of living impossible, to break our old system to bring in something even worse. And that's the Cloward and Piven strategy that the Democratic Party has adopted. They've, and they've done the same thing in Europe. This is a plan. The central banks have unlimited money, but they can't buy all the infrastructure up because people aren't selling. So they've got to crush us and make people so poor that everybody's forced to sell their business, uh, their intellectual property, uh, their physical property, but more importantly, to turn over our bodies to them. We're a UN treaty that uh, oh, Biden right now is, that's what I call uh, Biden is, oh, Biden is trying to ratify, would literally put our bodies under the control of the United Nations and our medical care policy under it. This is really draconian. This globalist Great Reset New World Order takeover is a post-industrial world, cut off the resources, 90% forced depopulation, breaking civilization by design, massive wars, famine. They've already cut off a third of the fertilizer in the last year worldwide. It's estimated that'll kill a couple hundred million people. Uh, the lockdowns worldwide, not the virus. The UN admits killed 80-something million extra people in the last three and a half years. And, 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 and so when the first world collapses, the third world dies. And then what's left of them floods us. And so the earth is being put into a countdown collapse right now. But the globalists have gone from testing phase, beta test phase, into full operational now. And they say, read their writings, we are going to have a post-industrial world by 2030. We will have no personal cars by 2030. You will be eating bugs by 2030. And we will start uh, the, the depopulation of 90% of the people by 2045. That is the official WF, official UN, official Club of Rome plan. What do you mean the depopulation? They want to bring the world population down to 500 million. So joining me to discuss today's stories is editor-in-chief of the New American Magazine, Gary Benoit, and the research manager for the John Birch Society, Christian Gomez. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey. So watching that clip from Alex Jones, does it make sense why he would be such a threat to them? Those are all narratives that we've documented very well. We've looked at the same documents that he has talked about, the Club of Rome, the WF, Agenda 2030. What this really comes down to is that they, the information highway, that is X, that is Twitter, is going to be a huge threat, and it is a threat to the, the dissemination of information. What do you guys think about that? I think we're going to see a lot more of the big um, corporate elite starting to pull out their um, pull up their advertising from from X. I mean, yeah. uh, that, that's one of the reasons why they one of the excuses they gave originally right in Twitter to get rid of Alex Jones. He's saying these incendiary things and our, our, our sponsors won't have anything to do with that. So we got to get rid of him. Right. Yeah. Well, a lot of those sponsors and, and uh, advertisers are still there. 
So are they going to be okay with having Alex Newman? Well, he, he's, I mean, Alex Alex Jones on. We're, we're going to have Alex Newman later. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna, thank you for pushing that. But he has lost millions of dollars in advertising already. And I, I agree with you. I think the attack is coming at Musk. The lawfare is probably going to intensify because Musk owns this platform where all these ideas come. And they congregate. And, you know, for those of us who are on Twitter, we understand this. There's no other platform like it as much as others have tried. But there's uh, citizen journalism. There are the unapproved ideas. And the best way is going to, to stifle this is going to be to come after Musk. I totally agree. What do you think of that, Gary? Oh, I agree with you completely. But uh, I think it's, impo- it's impossible for the, the elites to control everything. Uh, I just don't think they can do that. And, of course, right now the Internet is available. Uh, X is available, and, and uh, that's opening up once again. It has been, but but obviously another quantum jump was taken uh, this weekend by uh, bringing back Alex Jones. But uh, what if the uh, Internet is no longer available? And I think that shows the importance of the John Birch Society program, the fact that we're organized across the country. We have chapters uh, across the country, and uh, there are ways that we can get out the truth. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean— Robert Watts said it best. The reason we started, he started the John Birch Society, was to provide education. There's that saying, education is our total strategy, total strategy and truth our only weapon. That is the essence. It's one of the most important elements in this battle. We have to get people to understand what's going on. And the elites have had, have been the gatekeepers for such a long time that this is a big deal. This is why we're reporting. This is why we're leading with this um, with this story, whether others realize it or not, this is huge. I think we need to co- to continue this conversation on some of the other stuff that uh, Jones mentioned. We're gonna take a break and be right back. Freedom is the cure. You're dead on. This is the largest experiment performed on human beings in the history of the world. The more you know. What they're doing is they're forcing vaccination on people. And I believe they are killing people with this vaccination. The freer you are. It's murder. They are basically murdering people in hospitals. The all-cause mortality we know is now higher in the vaccinated group than the unvaccinated group. Stay informed on the issues that affect freedom. Get a subscription to The New American today. TheNewAmerican.com Welcome back, folks. And for more news and in-depth analysis from the New American Magazine, the kind that you will not get anywhere else, make sure you have a subscription to our twice-monthly print edition of the magazine. The New American Magazine has been telling the truth about the attacks on our nation from within and without since 1985. No other magazine has been as accurate and for as long about where policy and culture were heading than the New American. You can get a subscription online at thenewamerican.com. Just hit the magazine tab on top and then subscribe on the drop-down. If you prefer... You can call for a subscription. Call 1-800-727-8783 Monday through Friday from 8 to 5 Central Time. That's 800-727-8783. All right, so we're going to continue this conversation about this development uh, with X and um, Alex Jones especially. Uh, As we were saying before the break, and maybe we have said it uh, on air as well, this is bigger than that. This looks to, this is a good victory 
when it comes to getting information out there. When you have so many people, hundreds of millions, I don't know what the number is, coming on this platform and then that kind of content being there, that's that's a very, very good sign. Now, Christian, you had made a good point as well that if the whole thing were to go down, if they got really desperate and took the whole system down, the JBS and the T and TNA would be one of the few organizations who would actually have a ground game uh, that can continue to inform people. Yes, I mean, as Gary would be able to get into more detail as well. I mean, we have reporters all over the country, um, you know, so we can cover stories. We're not covering stories from behind the desk just in Appleton, Wisconsin. We have people all across the country. And in 1985, when the New American started, um, after we merged the review of the news and American Opinion, we didn't have the internet back then. Yeah. So we were around JBS and TNA pre-internet. And if the yeah. internet is to be taken out by the deep state or some solar flare from the sun or whatever excuse they'll use, or, or maybe legitimately from a solar flare, yeah, yeah. we can operate without it. We just roll it off the press, huh, Gary? Uh, absolutely. And uh, a good example of having people all over the country, uh, and I should also say all over the world, is the fact that we do have this moment a small team in Dubai yeah. covering the climate conference there, uh, COP28. 20, uh, and uh, it's important to recognize, too, that so far as we know, uh, even though there's something like 6,000 media personnel there, mm -hmm. the New Americans team is the only team that is not friendly, not sympathetic to the Today. United Nations authoritarian yeah. agenda to basically shackle planet Earth in the name of, of saving it. Yeah. But it's not just having people uh, in different spots uh, in order to collect information. It's also the fact that we have reader activists. Uh, we have members of the John Birch Society throughout the country who are putting wins, wings on information and working together through concerted action to get the word out and to get people organized yeah. in order to save our freedoms. Absolutely. Thank you, Gary. Let's look at our next story. So on Friday, the Biden administration went around Congress to approve the quick sale of $106 million in tank ammunition to Israel. Now, this comes as Biden's request for a nearly $106 billion aid package for Ukraine, and Israel is being held up in Congress by Republicans. Now, it seems a pesky few lawmakers with sense and integrity are demanding we secure our border before we agree to send any more invisible money to help other countries defend their nations from invasion. Now, the sale immediately drew criticism, and on Sunday, Secretary of State Antony Blinken defended it. He told TV news station that Israel is in combat right now with Hamas, and we want to make sure that Israel has what it needs to defend itself. Also on Friday, the U.S. vetoed a United Nations Security Council resolution that called for an immediate ceasefire in Gaza. The vote in the 15-member council was 13 to 1, with Britain being absent. Representatives of several Arabian countries decried the U.S., and U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres warned of an impending humanitarian catastrophe if there is no ceasefire. Even Russia piled on, as Deputy U.N. Ambassador Dmitry Polyansky called the vote one of the darkest days in the history of the Middle East, and he accused the U.S. of issuing a death sentence to thousands. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, however, called the decision correct, and he said that other countries need to understand that it's impossible to support the elimination of Hamas on one hand and on the other hand, call for the war to halt, which would prevent the elimination of Hamas. He said Israel will continue the war until Hamas is eliminated. Blinken echoed the sentiment. He said when it comes to a ceasefire in this moment, with Hamas still alive, still intact, and again with the stated intent of repeating October 7 again and again and again, that would simply perpetuate the problem. Now, meanwhile, the Israeli Defense Forces continue military operations in southern Gaza over the weekend as it fought Hamas terrorists and looked for its leaders. 
And in northern Israel, six IDF soldiers were injured in drone attacks by Hezbollah on Sunday. Now, this happened as the Israeli Air Force was launching airstrikes targeting the Lebanese terrorist organization. This was in response to the repeated attacks from Hezbollah along the Israel-Lebanon border. Israel's National Security Advisor indicated on Saturday that outright war with Hezbollah could begin once Hamas is defeated. The situation in the north must be changed, he said, and it will change if Hezbollah agrees to change things via diplomacy. Very good, but I don't believe it will. All right, so Gary, that obviously makes sense. There's nothing to indicate that these people are going to stop bombing, uh, stop their hostilities, and now Israel's talking tough. It sounds like they're going to follow through on it. What do you think? Well, uh, regarding Israel, I think the answer is yes. And regarding the terrorists, I think you can expect terrorists to act like terrorists. So they would simply use a ceasefire for the purpose of uh, trying to regroup. So yeah. it does make sense that uh, Israel would not want to have a, a ceasefire. Yeah, yeah. What about this UN resolution here, Christian? You got any thoughts on that? You know, this is the kind of thing you would have expected maybe from like a Republican administration uh, uh, being against the ceasefire pro-Israel. But here we have a Democratic president. And I think this is an excellent illustration of the of the welfare warfare state that it transcends party lines. That you don't have to have a the neocon Republican to be supportive of Netanyahu and, and Israel's military adventurism supported yeah. by the United States. So here we have the Biden administration uh, doing the very acts you would expect from, say, a George W. Bush in the White House, yeah. Because uh, at the end of the day, the parties are meaningless. They they op it's two wings of the same bird. Um, so obviously, the Biden administration is trying to keep the uh, uh, the 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 military industrial complex, uh, uh, you know, well, I'd profiting. And he's this. really fired it up. I mean, you look around the world. There's also news that we're involved in some drills in Guyana and whatnot. This has been probably one of the most violent terms as far as in the world as 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 we've seen. What about this uh, this bypassing Congress? Does anyone have a problem with the fact that he bypassed Congress just to throw? Some would say, well, look, it's just ammunition. It's not an involvement or whatever. Uh, well, I, I think anyone who loves the Constitution and who takes it's seriously. It's about the principle, and, isn't it, Gary? It's about the principle. And, and certainly, if somebody is a congressman and he takes an oath to abide that, abide that Constitution, that's exactly what he should do. And, of course, that includes every member of Congress. And it also includes the president. And the war powers belong to Congress. It's only Congress that can uh, declare war. Well, well, but would they argue that this isn't, they didn't override Congress to send anyone to war. They just sell, sold them a bunch of ammunition. Well, Congress appropriates all the money. Yeah, so it's still. But, have, uh, but still, if you're going to finance a war, does that now not uh, involve you? But I, I do love the point that Christian made earlier, Paul, uh, with regard to the welfare state and the warfare state. Mm -hmm. And of course, we have both, and those two things work together, transcending partisan politics. And when you said that, Christian, it made me think of the Vietnam War, because mm -hmm. a lot of people associate that with Republicans. They associate that with, with Nixon. But let's not forget that we really got going in Vietnam under Lyndon Johnson. That's right, yeah. That, he was a Democrat. I think Biden is probably the most um, the most violent Democratic president, the most war-wongering Democratic president since LBJ. Yeah. I, I think my only defense, if I ever were to defend Biden, was that would be that he has no idea what's going on. I, I think that's a fair statement. Yeah. But the deep state I, I, does. I was listening state, closely to yeah. what you were going to say there. <laughs> I don't think he knows what's happening. I don't think he's making these decisions. Right. I think at best. He's he, the perfect puppet. Yeah, he right. might be someone who's just uh, awake enough to say yes or sign on to it's something. It's Mr. Magoo in the Oval Office. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. 
So hey folks, the New American has published our latest collector's edition bookazine. It's called Self-Reliance, Foundation of Freedom. Now, if we don't practice individual responsibility and provide for ourselves without government help, we cannot be free. This polished collector's edition includes articles on a number of topics, including the self-sufficiency of the founders, preparing for a worst case scenario, firearm self-reliance, and many other topics. We encourage you to get a copy. It'll make a great stocking stuffer. You can order copies at thenewamerican.com forward slash shop, or you can call our office at 800-727-8783. Next up, Alex Newman joins us from Dubai. Sophia paused before the door. It read, Department of Biodigital Convergence. Just inside was a new world, a better world, the one of everlasting life, of no pain, of no loss, of no problem. She entered the chamber and her surroundings changed. She saw around her an infinite field of waving golden grain surmounted by cloudless blue sky. The AI voice whispered gently in her mind, Welcome to the singularity. She couldn't see it and couldn't feel it, but her body had almost instantly been covered by a swarm of tiny gray multi-legged bots that melted through her clothes and into her skin. Not perceiving the nightmare, her eyes had already been consumed and the rest of her body was dissolving as the bots digested her flesh. She felt only a warmth suffusing her being. Drowsy, she drifted to sleep and her last thought was one of panic. Would she ever wake? Could a nightmare vision like this be an outcome of the much-hyped transhumanist technological singularity? Enter the world of the future as illuminated by the experience of the past in Endgame. The new book by Dennis Barrett, the publisher of The New American Magazine, and find out how the disastrous COVID pandemic response fits with the technocratic elite's thirst to create a transhumanist utopia. Get Endgame from shopjbs.org with free shipping with code ENDSHIP, E-N-D-S-H-I-P. Or get Endgame and the Great Reset Collector's issue of The New American Magazine and get free shipping plus an additional 20% off both with code N20, E-N-D-2-0. A group of the world's most powerful people have been meeting at the United Nations COP28 climate conference in Dubai, United Arab Emirates, to push forward the next phase of their control plans, which are deviously disguised as environmental sustainability. The New American has set a small team of correspondents there, and one of them joins us now. Alex Newman is a senior editor for The New American. Hey, Alex. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, Paul. Yeah, we're so happy to have you on. So what news do you bring of our uh, aspiring overlords' latest plans to subjugate us? Well, as we speak, the uh, climate negotiators are over there furiously negotiating whether we're going to have a phase down or a phase out of fossil fuels or whether we're just going to gradually reduce it. They're also arguing about should a comma be here or there. Uh, really, it's the same script that we see every single year. But uh, the big takeaway for me is that and, – and you see this all over the place. They're saying this is now unstoppable. There's nothing that anyone can do to reverse this transformation. So the UN has got uh, nice little bulletins all over the place saying the transformation is unstoppable. I posted uh, one of them on my Twitter account a few moments ago. Uh, you've got John Kerry when he was asked about the possibility that Trump could come back to power saying nothing can stop this transformation. It's the biggest transformation in human history, and not even Trump will be able to stop it. Uh, and I was able to confront uh, six out of the seven U.S. senators who were here, asking him about this. In fact, I asked them a, a question publicly at the uh, at the press conference, so we can maybe roll that clip. People can check that out. And um, yeah, let's we'll, roll that uh, clip, we'll and we'll come that. back. Alex Newman here with the New American Magazine. Uh, there was a poll released several months ago. AP North Center for Public Affairs Research found that less than half of Americans even believe that human activity is causing climate change. 
about a third are willing to pay even a single additional dollar on their electric bill each month to deal with climate change. And with the very real prospect of Trump coming back to the White House in 2024, how is the U.S. government planning to make credible commitments on funding and on these other issues that you guys are talking about? Senator Coons, who chairs that committee. That was part of why I spoke to what I think is both the structure of the Inflation Reduction Act, um, which has directed tens of billions of dollars already to construction projects in predominantly red states or politically conservative states, and to the way that we've been able to get out of my uh, subcommittee and pass through the full committee uh, an additional billion and a half dollars in investment in combating climate change, predominantly in the global south, um, with an overwhelming bipartisan margin. So um, am I suggesting that were the former president to be our next president, everything would be fine? Not at all. Uh, but I'm saying that there is a broad enough and deep enough support for continuing investments to combat climate change and for the Inflation Reduction Act and bipartisan infrastructure law in particular that we will continue. We'll continue to move forward regardless. Wow, Alex. Um, so I guess they, they agree as well. We have our legislators here who agree this is unstoppable. But that's not necessarily what we've been learning over the duration of this conference. I, we keep getting news that there's a lot of pushback uh, from especially Arabian nations, but others. What is, uh, what is your analysis of how this is going to turn out? Well, I'll, I'll be filing an article about that probably tonight or tomorrow. Um, I think a lot of the back and forth between the Arab governments and the Western governments is really for show. Um, in fact, uh, we learned early on, in fact, even before the summit started, that the Arabs and the communist Chinese were going to make oil deals and gas deals here. In fact, the, the host government, the UAE, uh, leaked documents that the BBC was reporting on, said that they were planning to make uh, climate or, uh, oil and gas deals with the communist Chinese and a bunch of other governments during this conference. And so I think what's really happening here is this phase out, this phase down of fossil fuels, that's for the Western world. That's for what used to be known as Christendom, mm. what used to be known as the free world, the Arabs and the communist Chinese and the, the Latin American regimes. They're all going to continue using fossil fuels. And I don't hold that against them. Any sensible person yeah, yeah. would continue using fossil fuels. But what I think that is going on here is actually the controlled demolition of Western economies so that they can then bring about what they have been describing for a long time as a multipolar world order. To do that, you have to get rid of the single pole, which is the United States and the Western world. Yeah, well, how does that work, though? If they have this multipolar world order, then that means you wouldn't have one leader in it. And thus far, it's been the West. Some would argue it's been the, the Anglosphere, if not the, directly the U.S. So how does a multipolar order work when you can't get half the world to buy in? Well, I think what they want to do with this multipolar world order is shift power rapidly away from the United States government, because I think one of the things that has happened is they've realized that the American people might reclaim power at any time, right? It happened in 2016 when a guy mm. that they didn't control came to be the president and got out of the Paris Agreement and really threatened the whole globalist agenda, started getting us out of UN programs. So I think what, and they've had this in the works for a long time, since long before Donald Trump, uh, 10 years ago, the Council on Foreign Relations was talking about a multipolar world order. Uh, and and the multipolar world order would bring the communist Chinese, the Kremlins, the South Africa, Brazil, all these into a much more prominent role. And ultimately, they would all be subservient to the single 
authority of the United Nations. But when you look at the history, and it's more than we have time to get into today, but when you look at the history, it was really the Anglosphere, the Anglo-American establishment, if you will, that put the communists in power in China, that put the communists in power in all these different countries. And so I think this this is a controlled process. Uh, it's going to result in a drastic decrease in the standard of living for Western peoples and a dramatic transfer of power away from the Western world and toward kind of the, the more autocratic governments of the world and ultimately toward the United Nations and the regional governments that are making it up like the EU. Wow. So we have uh, about three minutes uh, left. What, what else have you seen that is definitely uh, worth communicating to our listening audience here? Well, I just filed a, a story for the New American magazine yesterday. It was published uh, this morning. I encourage people to check it out. The UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. You've got at least half a dozen of their senior scientists calling for the UN IPCC. It's kind of their climate science body uh, to be allowed to now start prescribing policy and potentially even mm. enforcing policy. So this would be a dramatic departure. Uh, traditionally, they've just been in charge of looking at the science trademark and uh, just telling people what the science says and then the policymakers, the governments and some of them democratically elected others not so uh, would then look at the science and determine what ought to be done or not ought to be done well they're now saying hey this is not working fast enough the governments aren't doing exactly what we're saying they should be doing and so it's time for us to be able to prescribe policy and implement it so i, I reached out to some of the top climate scientists in the world uh, dr will happer physics professor at princeton he was donald trump's climate advisor i reached out to dr willie soon uh, one of the world's top astrophysicists i reached out to patrick wood who explained that this is really a call for technocracy yeah. Uh, and if, if you boil down what they're saying, uh, we're talking about the elimination of self-government. And it goes right back into this thing that it's unstoppable. Right. They want to make it so that the population of the planet can never stop these ideas and these policies from coming to bear. Alex, do they did they hint at all at how this enforcement would be carried out? Because every nation has their own government so far. They still do. They have their own you know, uh, enforcement agencies, police and whatnot. So what agencies would they use to enforce this? How would the enforcement actually be applied? Uh, there's been, there was some discussion about that with these scientists talking to uh, The Guardian, the, the far left UK newspaper. And uh, I don't know that they've put anything on paper yet, but they want to be able to hold governments accountable. Accountability is something that we've heard a lot. They, so they want to say, you know, you must do these things. But, uh, you know, I think we're, we're a long way from that. That's not going to happen tomorrow or next week. But this is the direction that they're moving in. Yeah. And ultimately, I, I think the key mechanism here, and they've been talking about this openly from the start of the conference, is global taxation. Once they can put in global taxation to deal with the climate crisis, all bets are off. They can hire as many police and military and courts as they want to, and uh, self-government ends. Yes, and this would be carried out by the an arm of the United Nations, right? Well, yeah, and, and ultimately, I think they would allow the regional governments that they're building to carry out some of these authorities. Putin's got the Eurasian Union. Uh, the Arabs are building the Gulf Cooperation Council, the, the European Union, of course. They're working on the La Union of uh, South American Nations. They've been working on the North American Union. So you'd have these regional governments working together with this coordinating global mechanism. And that's the direction they're moving. Yes. Have they have they mentioned any more um, plans for regional governments or has that they've been pretty much mum on that? Oh, no, that's, it's always at the top of the agenda. In fact, more and more you're seeing regional governments like the EU playing major roles in these negotiations. So the first article I filed from here uh, about the loss and damage fund, the European Union actually made the biggest pledge that I saw. They pledged 200 million euros to this thing, in addition to the $100 million that the Germans, the German government pledged. So uh, the regional governments are playing an increasingly prominent role here.
Alex, thank you for your terrific work out there. And we look forward to having you back on and keep up the good work. Thank you, Paul. Up next, Congress has introduced legislation to get the U.S. out of the U.N. We'll discuss what you can do to support it. Imprisonment, forced labor, permanent separation from my family, perhaps death. I knew what could happen to people who were caught trying to defect, but the watchtowers stood yards away. The possibility of a new life in a different world one without tyranny was within sight. The West. I thought of the rewards no longer crushed under the boot of communism. I would work and make money, no longer restrained by the chains of collectivism. I would say what I wanted, without fear of spies and informants nearby. I would be free. The frozen rain and Romanian mud sipped through my gloves and cloths. I fantasized about the fire burning in the wood stove of my parents' home, but I pushed those thoughts from my mind, closed my eyes, and waited for the cover of the darkness. Get Defector, a true story of tyranny, liberty, and purpose by Mark Hobavkovich with Paul Dragu, a thrilling page-turner that will remind you how precious yet vulnerable freedom is. Available at shopjbs.org or Amazon. For a limited time, get 20% off your entire order using promo code DEFECTOR20 when you purchase DEFECTOR at shopjbs.org. Conservative members of Congress have introduced legislation to get the U.S. out of the United Nations. The disengaging entirely from the United Nations debacle, the Fund Act, were introduced Wednesday by Representative Chip Roy of Texas and Senator Mike Lee of Utah. The House's and Senate's identical bills would fully withdraw the United States from the United Nations and restore U.S. national sovereignty. The bill would accomplish the following. It would evict the U.N. from its headquarters in New York City. It would prohibit any U.S. funding for the U.N. and its affiliated organizations. It would prohibit U.S. participation in U.N. peacekeeping operations. It would revoke diplomatic immunity for U.N. entities and employees. It would rescind U.S. membership in the World Health Organization and it would end participation in any conventions and agreements with the United Nations and its affiliates. It would also prohibit the U.S. president from unilaterally entering into agreements with the U.N. or its affiliates. Guys, we've been talking about this. We've been waiting for this. Christian, are you finally excited and, and yes. satisfied there? Yes, that's exactly what I want for Christmas. Everything you said, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, actually, I don't know if our um, listeners caught what you were saying, you said identical bills in the House and Senate. Yeah. That is huge. For so many uh, for so many years, this bill has been introduced in the House of Representatives, beginning with Congressman Larry McDonald through Ron Paul, Paul Brown, and, and so many others that have been in the House that have introduced it. But now we have a Senate companion. And for and I know we had on the, for those who were able to watch this, yeah. you, th there was some an image of the bill, but we actually have bill numbers now for, for all of you that are listening and watching as well. H.R. 6645 mm -hmm. is the bill in the House, and S. 3428 is the bill in the U.S. Senate. Mm -hmm. The Senate companion was introduced by Senator Mike Lee of Utah, and Chip Roy of Texas is the one who introduced mm -hmm. the, um, yeah. the House bill. And the House bill is, is also co-sponsored by Congressman Rogers, who was the one who last introduced the uh, American Sovereignty Restoration Act. And this bill, it's for the most part, it's essentially the same thing. You actually... Is, 
uh, explained all the things that yeah, the bill yeah. does. So. Those all sound like great things. You're right. If we could get mm-hmm. that for Christmas, how exciting would that be, Gary? Oh, very exciting. You know, I, I wonder, Christian, does it, uh, the information you have right now, because uh, this was just introduced, do you have a list of all the sponsors in the House and Senate? Uh, no, I don't have that list okay. in front of me, Gary. Well, I think we can quickly uh, add to that list of these names are not already there, but I, I know there are a couple people that the New American has talked mm-hmm. to very yeah. recently. In fact, you talked to one of them recently, uh, uh, Congressman Thomas, Thomas Massey. Massey in Kentucky, and uh, he wants to get out of the United Nations. Yes. So um, uh, if he's not yet a co-sponsor, I imagine he'll want to be. He'll, be, he'll probably be really right. shortly if he isn't already. That's right. And also uh, Congressman Andy Biggs, the New American interviewed him very recently. In fact, uh, that interview will be the cover story for the next issue of the New American magazine. And and uh, he said in that interview that he wants to get out of the United Nations as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I mean, the, the well, momentum. There's a momentum here, huh? Exactly. Especially with the Senate companion, we've never had a, a Senate. Well, to my knowledge, I could be mistaken, but yeah. I do not recall in the past there being a Senate version of a get us out. I've seen bills to defund that yeah, Rand right. Paul has introduced, but I have not, do not recall seeing I, I don't recall that a either. Senate get us out bill. I, I, what do you guys say to people who might find it tempting to think it's like, look, what difference does it make? Biden is obviously, or whoever is, is controlling his hand uh, when it comes to signing stuff, they're not going to sign it. But obviously there's a lot that we can get out of this, right? I mean, uh, building pressure, building a uh, momentum, right? Absolutely. We could even get this bill probably added as an amendment to another bill and mm. we could even get a vote on it. That oh. would be huge. And we, we would see who, who's, where they, where everyone right. in the House or Senate stands on You this know, issue. a good bill this may be to add to would be if there comes a border security bill. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe mm-hmm. put those together. Anyone listening? That <laughs> <laughs> They certainly would fit. But I, I would like to make one other comment for everybody to keep in mind, because if you say... Should we get out of the United Nations? A lot of people would agree, but I, I wonder if the significance of that uh, really comes across. But how about if we were to say instead, should the United States be abolished? And anyone who loves the Constitution, anyone who loves the Declaration of Independence, our former government, uh, I'm sure would be horrified at the prospect of eliminating the United States of America. Mm. And yet that's what the United Nations is all about. If the United Nations... Uh, fulfills the purpose envisioned by its founders, it would mean the abolition of the United States of America. Yeah. And that is why it is so important that we get out of the United Nations. Yeah, I, I think that's a, such a great point because it would change perhaps how people look. It's like, yeah, yeah, you guys are new UN. It's like, you don't understand what that essentially is, is, is abolishing the U.S. That's a great right. point, Gary. Uh, absolutely. And of course, we just had Alex Newman on, and that's really what he was talking about from Dubai. Yeah. That's uh, what... Under the guise of protecting the planet Earth. Yeah. Abolishing the United States of America and abolishing all other countries under this supranational world government where the United Nations itself is at the center. Yeah. That's why uh, when we just heard Alex uh, Newman speak in the, in the last segment, he was discussing uh, how the regional organizations like the European Union are making larger strides within the UN. So they've already shifted away from being the United Nations mm-hmm. to United Regional Organizations, really. Yes. And what's the next step after regional organizations? Merge them all together into one, into one global union, one world government. So what tools do we have to help people uh, encourage? Because we want them, we want listeners and viewers to encourage the, the, the sponsors and even though those who may not be on board, right? 
uh, we want him to encourage perhaps the lawmakers who haven't signed on to this or don't realize what this is about. What do you guys got cooking up over there in the research department, Christian? Well, uh, on JBS.org, we have the, uh, we, we've had this whole time to get us out alert, but now the alert itself specifically mentions these bills and asks individuals mm-hmm. to contact their U.S. Senator and U.S. House Representative member to uh, co-sponsor them and pass the bill and hopefully get a president that will sign it. Yeah. Um, but uh, so the alert is titled, Get Us Out of the U.N. Support the Defund Act, H.R. 6645 and S. 3428. That's the full title yeah. of the alert. So we encourage everyone to um, to do the alert. You may have done the alert last week when I was, or the week prior, whenever mm. when I was last on to, yeah. to talk about this very subject. But now we have a bill number that we can uh, encourage. It, In yeah. fact, who knows? Maybe some of the people who've co-sponsored already did so because of our last alert. We hope that that's the case. So let's add more names to that list. Yeah. And that's at jbs.org under Take Action, and you have mm-hmm. legislative alerts. Again, jbs.org. And this is a federal alert. Take Action, led, uh, legislative alerts, and you go to federal alerts. We make it really easy. Mm-hmm. Like you said, there's the already written, pre-written uh, yeah. email. But we also encourage, don't just write the email or maybe even text. If you can, make a phone call. And if you really want to go out, show up, right, to the Capitol, you know, as, conti- as constituents, see your lawmakers, help them understand. And we also provide lots of materials. You know, if you go to shop JBS, and we're not just trying to hawk our stuff. We create all these pamphlets mm-hmm. to arm you. And reprints articles. Uh, reprints and all, all the stuff about uh, what is wrong. When we have a- under action projects, you go under Agenda 21 or Agenda 2030, and you can see where we make a case for why we must, in case you know you the details are lost. What do you want to add to this, Gary? Well, I know there is an act, action project for the United Nations, but uh, what is that called, Christian? Uh, if you go to jbs.org and you go to the action project, get us out of the yeah. UN. Get us out. Of the it's, UN. It's so that, that's get us out. Uh, it yes, because I, I I think it's really important to go there mm-hmm. to uh, not just petition uh, Congress but also to take advantage of the wealth of information that we yes, have there. Yes, absolutely. So another action people should take is to go to that page and email that link that, for the Get Us Out page to friends and other conservative um, mm-hmm. um, activists, concerned citizens, you know, uh, influencers, or, or whatever you find of interest on that page, mm-hmm. send that to them as well. Because we have to build the influence. We have to build, well, the educational awareness about this topic. Because there's many people who probably don't think much about get us out of the U.S. But, but there's more now, to. I would argue. There than is there more now, been. but we need more than what we have now. Yeah, and it's really neat uh, that you were on a, a week or so ago and said, uh, hey, guys, uh, uh, you know, let's let uh, Congress know that we need some legislation. And and uh, next thing you know, the legislation's introduced. Well, that's because <laughs> the people who are listening right. did what, uh are you crediting Christian yeah. with, with this bill? It wasn't well, me. I, to go, Christian. Uh, I, I, I think I it's the effort anything. of all of our members and, and fellow travelers and no. whatnot, but uh, people uh, sounding the alarm yep. and Congress responding. One thing I've, ever, I've always said about JBS members and supporters and readers of The New American is they always punch above their weight. That has always been the case. We've always made more noise than we should. So thank you guys for all the work that you're doing. And thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of The New American Daily. You can get more truth behind the news at thenewamerican.com. We hope you'll join us again tomorrow.